Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside, wait a minute, not only is Pete Robertson here today, but he has a special guest he wants to share with you. Pete, who do you have? I have Elora Evans. She is my granddaughter. She is adorable, Pete. She's my first. Her head's all pounding down now, oh, but I have her. Goodness! If anybody's watching on YouTube, you can see her, and she's yeah. moving all over the place you right now. You have got to go to YouTube today <laughs> and check this out. What a beautiful little baby girl. I tell you what, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. So people, oh, here's talk. Go ahead. Talk. <laughs> the show is yours. <laughs> um, people were asking me, I went to, a, we were at a funeral on um, this weekend. Of our uh, our friend Pen, uh, Penn Marshall, and we talked about him, I guess, a few weeks ago, yeah. a few months ago. And um, people were asking me because they all knew that we had, you know, our grandbaby. And so everybody's asking, "What is it like? What do you feel?" And all that. Um, words don't describe it. And and I was trying to think. It's like it's almost like better than when you had your first baby. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a. And everybody's like, yeah, because you don't have to take care of them. You get to give them back, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just, it's a really surreal. You want to talk? You're going to be famous one day, so you might as well. It know, started get, now, get, right? Get going. But it's a surreal feeling. And um, I can't describe it. But anyway, so I I just absolutely am in love. I, uh, I just can't get enough of her. And, um, you know, so I'm just blessed. But anyway, so... Here she is. So all the world now sees. And and uh, my daughter, Faith, is this is her baby, my youngest daughter and uh, her husband, um, Travis. And yeah. So anyway, so I'm so blessed. Say hi, Laura. Say hi. Say hi, everybody. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see if not, you're hearing you're, <laughs> you're like, you're, what is going on? You might be hearing her a little bit, but I'm going to give her back to, to mama now. So. All right, guys. So cool. So that's why when I call Pete grandpa, there's the reason right yeah. there. She is a sweetheart, Pete, man. You are blessed. Yeah, you it's exciting. Blessed. What yeah. else is going on in your life? Um, not that you need anything else. I mean, that's, that's we, awesomeness right there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, right. So, I mean, um, I'm there, a lot of you guys know that I've been working with a organization called natural discipleship. And, um, we've recently just merged three different ministries into one. And so we became a lot larger and a lot bigger of a ministry. And, uh, we're like, we're on like, I think five or six different continents. I mean, I mean, we're, we're in Africa, Philippines, India, we're in North America, Latin America. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a ministry and organization that just does a lot more than just discipleship. We offer a tool so that, you know, even a baby Christian can disciple another baby Christian. I mean, it's, it's, there's a tool for multiplication and that's the key of it. Um, so if I were to disciple you and spend time with you, you know, one of the prerequisites of discipling is that, you're going to agree to disciple somebody else. That was a command that God gave us is that we would disciple others, right? Um, so natural discipleship is a tool that we offer. There's an app you can find in the app store, natural discipleship. But at the same time, we also serve so many needs in the field. So because we work in poorer countries or, or you know, that don't have as much as what we have, um, you know, we provide businesses, we provide, you know, goats, we provide food for families. I mean, it's like we can literally feed 10 families for like up to hundred bucks a month. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's amazing. And here's the difference with us though. Then I think like with the world vinegar compassion and nothing wrong with those, those big organizations. And we're a lot smaller, obviously, but every single person that we serve and in, in, is, is being discipled. And not only are they being discipled, but they're discipling others. And so when we're helping the body of Christ, we're, we're basically, we're helping their, their, their physical needs, but their spiritual needs are being met as well because they're multiplying. And so it's, it's kind of that. So that's what I've been doing. That's where I spent a lot of my time um, and uh, actually majority of my time. And, uh, and so it's, uh, there's just so much going on. God is just moving radically within the ministry. I mean, just hundreds of thousands of people are being discipled multiplying people are eight, 10 generations down, you know, they disciple one person, that person disciples one person, that person disciples another. Da, 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 da. It's like that old shampoo commercial, right? <clears throat> and, and the way that natural discipleship is set up is it helps that, you know, yeah. we've done a show on this a little bit in the past, I think with uh, Joffrey when he was on. That's right. 
Um, Joffrey had a ministry and Joffrey merged with this ministry. And so it's all part of that, but it's, it's, um, it's the real deal. We'll talk about this more in the future. Um, I know riot podcast will share, um, more about this in the future, but it's just, there's just so much to come. I mean, we're working on a lot of behind the scenes stuff right now. Um, but once we get it ready, we'll start launching it out to the world and, and so on. But that's what we're doing. And, you know, and again, we're working on, uh, we're, we're traveling. We're the trip. Yeah. The trip. It's that's, that's the name now. Huh? Yeah. How do we, how do we trip.com? No, that's not it. How do we do an opening show and not talk about that? Right. Man, I'm, Everybody I talk to is like really excited about it. I was even talking to my mother-in-law and she's like, oh, I don't want, I'm like, well, just come. She's like, I want to give you a prayer to take to the wailing wall. I'm like, well, just come. And she's like, well, I don't want to slow you guys down. So what would you say to somebody like that? It's like, you know, my mobility's not the greatest. Well, I, we already have that. And, and, and again, you know, in those areas, like say, for instance, if we're on a tour and it was just too much and they needed to go back to the hotel room, we would just put you in a cab and then you can go back and you can rest or you can just stay in a certain location um, and rest until we get back. Like if we're hiking somewhere, if there's something like that. But we've always we've had people go on trips in the past that have had mobility issues and we just will just adjust depends on how bad the mobility is. Yeah. I mean, if you can walk and, but you're just limited on walking a lot long distance, that's okay. I mean, um, if you can walk and you're limping a little bit or you have a little bit of pain or something, that's okay. You're still mobile. Uh, if you're not mobile, then that's different. Yeah. And if you're in a wheelchair, I mean, it's okay too. Well, as long as you have, Roger comes and he's in a wheelchair. So. As long as you have, you know, certain things, my, my prayer, I was actually praying about that this morning. Yeah. And my prayer was, I just pray that God would, you know, we have, I've spoken with a lot of people that are interested. You've spoken to a lot yeah. of people are interested. I was just, I think we're going to fill the bus. Yeah. I just, I just pray that, you know, the, they would just start committing yeah. and that we would just start having that kind of, you know, where there's an actual physically, yes, yeah, sign up, you know, sign up for, to register for our interest meeting. That will kind of help us. That's the riotpodcast.com. Yeah. Yeah. That we just switched it up. We were just talking about that a few, few shows ago about we're going to, we were the riotpodcast.co. We're still that. Um, but we actually are now the riotpodcast.com. And yeah. we did that because all of our social media is the That's riot right. podcast. You spell it out. Yeah. T H E riotpodcast.com. Yeah. There you just go. Makes sense. And then you can find all the information on the on the trip. The next big date is March 19th. We're yeah. going to do a, a Zoom call. Yeah. Answer all your questions. Yeah. Kind of go over the itinerary, just all the details, yeah. how to get involved, how much is the deposit, what's it yeah. going to cost, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah. make sure you mark your calendars for March 19th. But you need to sign up for that so that you can get the Zoom link. Yeah, so we were, you go to the website to do that. We were talking to our, uh, we meet once a month for a men's breakfast and, and Bob leads that. And we were, we were talking with the, the gentleman there and we were just saying, you know, I, I'm telling you, we're going to laugh so much and we're going to have, it's going to be one of those experiences that you'll leave there. I promise you, you're just going to be like, man, that was incredible. Um, not only money we, back guarantee you're going to have, if you, you don't will. laugh, you get your money back. Oh my gosh. I can't, I just can't imagine I mean, getting us, you know, me, you and Barry together, it's just, we're going to have so much fun. Um, you know, and we're just, we're going to talk about the Lord. We're going to get passionate about Jesus. But at the same time, man, we're, we're going to be doing things that are going to just make you laugh. It's just going to be one of those trips. It's going to, you know, last them for a lifetime. Memories for a lifetime. And, 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 uh, and it's one of those trips too. It's worth putting the money away. I mean, we've, we've basically are given the, giving it at cost. These, this trap trip, sells for so much more normally. And we're, we've done it this way is, is for one is because we want everybody to go that can go. And we wanted to keep the price as low as possible on purpose. So that's, that's what we did. And, and there's a rhyme or reason behind it. We want you going with us. Yep. And so we want to make, we want to do whatever we can to make that walk. going to be amazing. Don't wait, sign up for the meeting today. Like, right? <clears throat> Unless you're driving the car, then don't do that. But yeah, you know, otherwise just hit pause and yeah. go to the website, sign up for the meeting. So, you yeah. know, that that's the first step. Yeah. If you're listening to us, you want to go, you know, and then we'll work with you. You can make payments. You can do whatever you got to do um, to be able to get it happen. You know, borrow money, you know, from friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Raise money. I don't know. Yeah, Say, that's hey, you want to go on this epic trip? You want to help me out? That's probably know? the better way. That's probably better. <laughs> get, a, get a GoFundMe page. Yeah. GoFundMe to go to uh, yeah. Egypt, Israel, yeah. and Jordan. That's too much. But I bet you got friends that would help you out. Yep. Maybe you just got to take a prayer to the Wailing Wall. I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, you Nana, will. you need to go down the trip with us. Yeah. We get as many as people as possible. That 
great. And I know you're listening. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Anything else? No, I Ready think to jump it. into the show. Oh, we got football, but we, we talk about that. Yeah, we get football. I mean, you know, <laughs> I love football. It was a good weekend of yeah. football. A lot of the, most of the games were really good. The wild card playoffs. If you're listening to this in the future, that's what we're talking about for the NFL. So it was fun. My team lost, but that was expected. They, <laughs> they did fight. Uh, they had a chance. They had the ball with a chance to win the game. So I, I didn't think I that th- would happen. I think if there's a one team in the, his team is Miami Dolphins. I think if there's one team in the playoffs that the Buffalo Bills are scared of, it's the Miami Dolphins. They play them tough every time. Yeah. It doesn't seem like we ever beat them though. Well, we did. We beat them once this year. Oh, this was your third string quarterback. Third string, and we lost lose by four. What four points? Uh, Three points. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, you know, if you were sitting around with a group of your friends, Pete, and uh, you knew this was your last dinner, you know, the last time you were going to see them, and you were going to die the next day, you know, what would you say to them? I love. I love them. Yeah. Number one, and I would tell them I'm at peace. And that I'm looking forward to being with Jesus. God has a plan. And um, that I would uh, I would point them to the Father. Amen. I would point to the Father. Man, that's a lot like what we're about to read. That's exactly what that's it's really about. That's really good. Really good. <laughs> hey, let, let me open us up in prayer, and then we'll get started with the, with our show. We are still in the book of John, and uh, man, it's going to be amazing. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to just... Man, just have fun on this podcast to talk about uh, what's going on in our lives. Thank you for uh, grandchildren and what a beautiful little girl uh, she is, Lord. I pray that you would uh, bless the show today as we dive back into the book of John and uh, and just listen and hear Jesus's heart as he's pouring into his disciples. And Father, will you just teach us something new today? Would you let, uh, you know, as Pete and I discuss this chapter, I just pray that it would come alive for our uh, listeners, not because of anything we say, but because of the your your perfect word. Would you reach down and just speak to us today in this? And we love you. We give you the show now in Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah, you per- you pretty much set it up perfectly. So Jesus knows that where we're going to be today is in John thirteen thirty six. We'll start in John thirteen verse thirty six and thirty eight, and then we're going to go into John 14, 1 through 15, and we'll be in the ESV version when we read. So if you're going to have the Bible follow along, but Jesus knows he's sitting there. I'm sure he has a heavy heart Hmm. and I'm sure that his, you know, he just has this deep, probably love for his disciples at that time. And he knows that, you know, he's, as he's talking to them that tomorrow they're going to see him on the cross Yeah, and, and that's going to be tough. So he's like, okay, what are you going to say? You know, what are the last things you're going to say? And so we're going to kind of go over that today. So it's kind of cool. All right. Let's go. All right. So in our reading today, we will continue the conversation uh, the disciples are having with Jesus at Passover. Jesus is letting them know he will no longer be with them physically and that he now has to go be with the Father. I guess he gets to go be with the Father. Yeah, right? that's true. We will read John uh, 13, 36 to 8, like Pete said. Uh, Peter here is asking Jesus where he will be going, wondering if they could join him. With the questions that Peter is asking, Jesus shows us that we are, uh, that they are all perplexing questions, which sometimes I just don't read right. <laughs> no, I do that too. Uh, uh, so they're perplexing, just hard for me to even say, perplexing questions. Yeah, they're deeper. They're deeper. They're deeper. They're, they're, yeah, they're not shallow. No, yeah, this they're is like, going wait, to, where yeah. are you going? We want to go with you. Yeah. Can we go? Yeah, you know, yeah. all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and we know that their hearts are troubled. We know that there's despair here. And how do we know that? Yeah. Because in 14, in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus tells them, let not your heart be troubled. Yeah, and he can sense it because, I mean, it's not that his heart is troubled, you know, per se, but he's, I mean, it's got to be a heavy heart. Sure. I mean, he's going to be leaving his loved ones. You know, he's been with them every day for the last three years. So, you know, at least for the most part. All right. All right. As we read through this chapter, we will see Jesus bring them a sense of calm with encouraging words of comfort. Jesus is the only one that can truly know our heart. Peter did not know his, <coughs> excuse me, and we at times will have trouble truly knowing our own heart. One thing is for certain, in this life we will live that there will be a time when our hearts will be troubled. That's the truth. Truth bomb. So the next, <laughs> truth bomb, the next couple podcasts, we will help bring this to life. Um, bring Jesus's words to life as he comforts and assures us. 
we will focus on six wonderful assurances, assurances that we today may claim and enjoy when life gets messy and confusing. So it's kind of cool. So he's not just talking to the 11 disciples because Judas has left the building. Yeah. He's talking to us. He's talking to us today. Yeah, absolutely. We're his disciples. We're followers of Christ. Um, we too are going to face troubling news and, and things. And in their case, I mean, it was like, uh, my, our master is leaving us. What? So, yeah. So, all right, let's go into, uh, let's read 1336 through John 14, six, John 14, six, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Yeah. I told you this in the prep. I said, if there's one <laughs> chapter in the Bible that you should memorize, it's John 14 for yeah. sure. Awesome. Yeah. All right, let's do it. 36, 1336. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Yeah, I just in. Well, Peter's like, dude, I've served you so good. <laughs> yeah, you get you know, spirit, right? I am, I am the like the bomb diggity dom, you know, calm or whatever. I don't know. What was that? Yeah, I liked it. it sounded cool. That was good. Yeah. It almost even rhymed. Yeah, almost. All right. All right. I will lay down. So Peter's still speaking. I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answers him, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, I, I envision Jesus said that with a little more love than I did. But uh, well, he, he is calling out truth, though. Yeah, and he's setting it up. I mean, it's he's telling Peter, you're very prideful. Peter. Yeah. You're not. You're not seeing this from my perspective. So, I mean, he's just, he's, he's doing it, like you said, in a loving way. And it's true. And then, and then John 21, you know, anyway. So moving on to John 14, verse one, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And in the father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? This is the deer in the headlight kind of thing. So he's saying, you know the way I'm going. And they're like, they're looking, wait, at each, they're looking at each other going, wait, what is he talking about? And Thomas has the the, the cojones enough to say, all right, ah, I'm going to say something. Like, you Peter, guys are all thinking it. Well, I'm going to say it. Well, Peter's already been shut down. Yeah, so, so Peter's silent right now. Peter's like, I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> Thomas, you do it. That's funny. So, and then, so Jesus's response is this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Oh my gosh, how many times have we used that verse? Boom. Love that verse. So love that verse. Times. I actually have it on one of my bowling uh, jerseys. Yep. I love that verse. Yep. It's a life verse for sure. For All right. Me. So did you notice that Jesus did not rebuke Peter for asking him where he was going? Yeah. But his reply was somewhat cryptic. He said, one day, Peter, one day you will follow me to the cross and then you will follow me to heaven. But first you will deny me three times. Yeah. It's like... Um... I always pray that God would give me this kind of wisdom. You know, it's like when we're in God's presence, we have all knowledge, all knowing everything. It's like, you know, you're tapped into the source, right? So Jesus is tapped into the source and it's like, man, he just, you know, he had that discerning spirit. He just knew, right? He just knew what was coming. And, uh, and he, and he saw the pride in Peter and, and it was like, you know, uh, how do I say this in a loving way, Peter? You know, <laughs> he just did it. And Peter's probably sitting there going, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> What's going on right now? And, and when it happened, you remember what Peter did? He just felt like, oh, my gosh. That's when it hit him. Ah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Here and, he has no idea. Yeah. And then the, then the fast forward that to when he saw Jesus on the beach uh, and he talked about feeding my sheep. So it was beautiful. just, it's such a full circle, but that's how God deals with us. It's like we have pride. We have, you know, things that keep us away from that intimacy with Jesus. We can't have fellowship with the Lord if our pride is taken over. We can't. And so sometimes God sends things or does things or allows things to take place in our life so that it helps us unlearn those bad habits so that a pride decreases and that his love and everything else goes. But anyway, back to what, what's happened. You know, tradition tells us um, Peter um, you know, we don't know how true this is, but it's, it goes pretty far back. So we can take it as possible 
um, that Peter was crucified upside down. And so he told Caesar Nero that he didn't want to be crucified the same way as his master. So he wanted to be crucified upside down. Um, we do know that uh, we do have historical facts that, that Caesar Nero did crucify many Christians, lots. And then he also burned them at the stake. So not only did he, um, did that, were they crucified, they were even in his garden um, and they were being burnt. Um, so we light them on fire. And, and that was because he was blaming, I don't know if anybody knows history on this, but he was blaming all the Christians for burning the city during that time. And it was actually Ciro, Caesar Nero, the, the truth came out that Caesar Nero went insane. And um, I believe he was possessed. I, I, I believe mm -hmm. that truly. Um, and that he went insane and he burned down part of his whole city. And it was him that did it. He's the one that ordered it. But he blamed it on the Christians and then used that as an opportunity to burn them and to kill them. And Peter was caught up into this. And so was Paul. Paul, Paul, um, Paul, you know, was in prison in, in Rome for the first time. Paul then had um, he probably had like, you know, he was able to get his own apartment. Basically, people can come and go to him. It wasn't a he wasn't in jail, jail. kind. He went away and, and tradition says that he. He went back um, in fellowship with some of the believers. He also went to Spain um, and did that. And then he came back again, and it was during this time. And so at that time is where he went to the Marmitine prison, and that was where he went down into the dungeon, and that's where he was. And then Caesar Nero then killed him, and he killed him outside the city a little bit. There's a, we, there's a, if you go to Rome, you can go, oh, you can't go with us on this trip. I'm going to Rome in April, <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, you go, well, you can go to that location. But anyway, so that's what history tells us. Um, the message not only shocked Peter, I'm sure uh, he was probably, I mean, again, his pride kicked in. He's like, wait, what? Come on. You know me better than that, but Lord, right? I mean, I, I think that's kind of where he's at, but it also stunned the rest of the disciples. You know, I'm sure that there was like a, a awe, like, uh, what is he saying? What's going on? Um, his, his pride was checked, um, but brave Peter denied the Lord, you know? And so if it was the rest of the disciples, wait, he's going to deny them, then what hope is it for the rest of us, right? I mean, they're probably just thinking, uh, we're all doomed, you know? I mean, he's going to die. What? You know, I, that, I don't know. That's a good point, Pete. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I was thinking of like Peter's perspective. He's got to be like, no, I'm never going to deny you. And, and I believe he believed that 100 yeah. percent. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. What did the other disciples say? Hey, would Jesus just said that Peter's going to deny it? Yeah. What what are we going to do? Yeah. Cause, and and cause I always picture Peter's like the, the mature one. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the kind of the older brother. Yeah. Type, yeah, yeah. Kind of mentality. I mean, Chosen yeah. does a good job at, at kind of. Yeah. And maybe that's that why I kind of have that yeah. picture in my head. But. But it, it was Jesus stirring the pot, and, and I, he had a message for them, though. So it, the, the, the bottom line is, because we, uh, we know the context now, but he was, he was setting them up so that he can share the good news, right? He could share what's next. And, and so they're confused. You know, Peter's <laughs> pride is checked, as God does so often. And now, you know, he's going to go ahead and share it. But yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, there comes a time in our life when we're checked, where... You know, there's there's things that happen to us that we don't know. Um, we can either we could do two things. Um, we could fight it and we can deny it. You know, Peter's denying it. Mm -hmm. Or we can just be broken and humble before the Lord and just say, God, you know me best. And uh, I will trust you. I, I don't understand this news. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why this is set up. It's, it's definitely troubling me. It's troubling my heart. Um, but I'm not, I choose not to fight this. I go through that. But majority of the time we fight it, it's, it's our natural instinct. It's our natural way. And, um, you know, so we're going to have to go through some trials. Man, it would just go so much better for us if we would just be broken. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, statement two, he starts to calm their hearts, Jesus does, with the mention of heaven as a real place. It's not a product of religious imagination or a result of a psyched up mentality looking for pie in the sky, or by a fairy tale. Heaven, according to Jesus, is the place where God dwells and where Jesus sits today at the right hand of the Father. I've heard many people, you know, I, we talked about pie in the sky kind of mentality or a fairy tale. I've, a lot of people have said, yeah, it's, we get comments like that all the time on our social media and stuff like that, you know, oh, you believe in your friend and your invisible friend in the sky and stuff like that. My heart breaks for those people. Right. And for us, though, I mean, this is like this is very big deal. I think a lot of us would read this 
And, you know, Jesus is talking about heaven. He's talking about one day we're going to be with him in heaven. He's talking about it's his father's house. And this is kind of the discussion here. But I, this is a huge deal because in the world, we're, we're faced with a lot of troubling things. And, and you know, it, let's just face it. Life is very hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. We don't wake up every day and, and, and people are just giving us everything, right? We're, I mean, unless you're a king or something, but even there you have your own troubles you're going to still face problems. And, you know, the, there's a hope here. And so Jesus is trying to tell him, listen, I'm going to be dying. You're going to die, but don't worry about that because I am preparing a place for you. And, and, and heaven is real. And so this is like, I mean, literally listen, people, if he's, I mean, I'm saying that, or I'm saying to you, but it's like, <laughs> listen, because, what I'm giving you is like unbelievable, right? I'm giving you the hope of hope that, that when you're absent from the body, you're going to be present with me. You're going to spend all eternity with me. And then we, he goes on, you know, we're going to talk about this, but where there's no more fear and in, in, in pain and agony and all that. So what Jesus is telling them is huge. You know, in, in 2 Peter 1.11, it says, heaven is described as a kingdom. We know heaven is a kingdom. It's God's kingdom. It's, it's, we know that, you know, in first Peter one, four, it's described as an inheritance. You know, we're going to get heaven, right? Where it's like, we don't deserve it. Yeah. But by God's grace, we're saved through faith alone. And, and because of that, of what Jesus has done on the cross and rose again, we now get heaven as our inheritance. It's, it's the mm. best of the best, you know, in, in Hebrews eleven sixteen, it says it's a country. So it's our own country, you know, as well as a city, you know, so it's a big old, it's a whole new world, right? It's, 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 it's actual physical place that we will go to. And then in John 14 too, it's described as our home. That's the best part. That's the one I love. It's, it's our home. You know, I long to be home, you know, and I've said this many times. I, I, you know, I, I understood what Paul said when Paul said, I, I, to die is gain, uh, but, and to, but to live is Christ. And, and I get it. I'd much rather be home with Jesus. I, I don't like my body feeling the way it does every day. I don't like dealing with the heartache and the pain of the world and what it offers us. I hate sin. God hates sin. Mm. I hate what it does in my own life. And I hate what it does in other people's life. And, and, but the Bible also says the reason why he has not come back yet is because he's patient with us. You know, how many people have given their life to the Lord later in life? Well, yeah. God was patient with you. You know, he was patient with us. And, and so he knows the perfect timing. He knows the perfect way. So we... You know, the word father in verse two is used 53 times Crazy in John 13 through 17. So in what, four chapters, five chapters? That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Jesus wants us to understand that heaven is where his father's house is. And that is home, and that is home for God's children, us. Many of us know home is a place where we should we could or should be treated the best. You know, it's a place where we're comfortable, Pete. It's a yeah. place where we can share anything. Yeah, we, we talked about this earlier, you know. We're we're free to and this may not be good, but we're free to complain, you know, with our spouses more than we would with anybody else because there's a comfort level there, right? I mean, let's face it, I I have pain in my own body at times. Like I'm suffering my knee for whatever reason is acting up, right? I'm not gonna go complain to you about my knee, even though I want to probably, but I will talk to my wife about it. Honey, I'm, I need ice or like, should I take ibuprofen or or what's going on? I'm sharing that. Or like someone said something to me that hurt me. Right. Yeah. We're supposed to cast all of our cares and surrender to the Lord, but I'm going to be talking to my wife about it. Yeah. And, and it's just, we, I feel comfortable with that, you know, and this is home. It's home. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. And the, the poet Robert, I love this quote, um, the poet, the poet Robert Frost said this, that home is the place that when you arrive, they have to take you in. <laughs> well, Jesus gave his disciples comfort by telling them that when they get there, heaven there will be a house, a mansion for you with many, many rooms. Yeah, I, I, when I read that, my thought was I immediately went to um, past teachings on the mansion. And I've heard this so many times. <laughs> We're going to get like one of those, those um, Ireland castles, right? 
Yeah. Like, you know, hundred thousand square feet. And I, and it would be wrong of us if we did not break this down for people. So it's, it, we're not talking about a mansion per se. The Greek word used here for house is Monet. Um, it's literally, it's translated as mansion, but we have to understand the context of where it's coming from. It simply means rooms or an abiding place. Um, we must not think in terms of mansion that we know today. So it's, it's like some of these translations, they should probably say, you know, I go to a pl- prepare a biting place for you or, or a house or a home. Um, you know, I, so it's going to be more like a hostel, not a, not a, no, not a because mansion. anything that God gives us is good and it's perfect. Right. <laughs> it's exactly what, you know, how many times have you heard people say, well, you know, if I do really good here on heaven, he's going to give me a lot more stuff that I can put in my big house. You know, I don't want to have my big house and not have many things in there. Listen, I believe that in the past and, and based off of this verse. And so we want to really set the record straight. I don't think we're going to care what we're living in. We're no. there. We're going to be basking in the glory of Jesus. And it's unfortunate because that theology was out there and, and, you know, there's, there's hymns that we've sang today that talk about this. There's, you know, there's songs um, but the bottom line is this, Jesus is preparing a place for his followers Amen. that will be beautiful. It's where God lives and we will have fellowship with him for all eternity after we die. That's what he's trying to get to his disciples. That's the great hope. That's the encouragement. And so, you know, life might be hard today, disciples, you might not understand everything, but one day, one day you will be with me for all eternity. One day you will be in heaven one day. And I am going to prepare a place for you. And that is great encouragement for me. That's bottom line. Well, a good segue into our next statement, Pete. You know, another encouragement from Jesus we find in verse three is this. It's a, a clear promise that Jesus will return one day for his people. Some will go to heaven through the valley of the shadow of death. But those who are alive when Jesus returns will never see death. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, in that day, we will be changed to be like Christ and we'll go to heaven. What an amazing promise. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, you know, Jesus was told his disciples that there's going to be some that are not going to die, you know, and, you know, first Thessalonians four verse 18, I believe it is that we'll be caught up. You know, that actual word in the Latin is rapturus, but we'll be caught up to, to be with Jesus for all eternity. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool up in the clouds. So one day he's coming and um, you know, and then he says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess, but that to, to see if they, um, he is Lord. But then at the same time, he says that I'm going to wipe away all tears. We're going to read that a little bit more, but what a great hope. And so yeah. this is again, the context of what Jesus is telling his disciples. So if heaven is the father's house, it must be a place of love and joy. It, we would know, we would say that because the context of the Bible, we know that, you know, first, uh, first John five, where God is love. You know, when, when John tried to describe heaven in revelations 21, 22, he ran out of words and symbols to describe it. Hmm. What he did say there gives us a lot of hope and encouragement. He said that there will be no more death. I just talked about this, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain pain, no more night. Um, The bottom line is what Jesus is telling his disciples here is that this is going to be a wonderful home and we will get to enjoy it with him forever. So they're probably crying a little bit. Um, They're emotional, I'm sure. Um, They're confused. I'm sure, as he said, let not your heart be troubled. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's fear. Um, And, but God is telling them straight up that, listen, don't worry about it. One day, it's going to be all good. It's all going to be behind you. So, all right. So in verse five, Thomas brings up a question. He says, um, well, let me just read this. Thomas's question reveals his keen desire to be with Jesus. And this has meant uh, that he had to know where the master was going. And yeah, I mean, again, he wants to be able to follow, right? Well, there's the, the freedom that they have to ask him hard questions. So, you know, they're all stunned. We talked about this when we read it. They're all stunned. They're like, okay, do we ask him? And Tom is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna I'll, ask do it. Him. I'll do it. So it's good. So, yeah. But Jesus makes it clear that he was going to the father and that he was the only way to the father. Mm. Heaven is a real place, a loving place, an exclusive place. Not everybody is going to heaven, but rather only those that have trusted in Jesus. You know, in verse six, we hear all the time and maybe it's just society today, but you know, you ever hear the term, you know, all, all roads lead to heaven or, you know, there's a lot, there's many ways to get to heaven. And Jesus makes it very clear that that's not true. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, he came to redeem the world, right? There's no other redeemer. And and there's no God out there that that has ever lived a holy, perfect life. They're they're man-made, they're they're set up to um with rules and regulations that people feel comfortable uh you know to be able to meet those those rules and regulations, whatever, Buddha, Muhammad, whatever it is. But there's only one Jesus. And and he's basically telling them, listen, I'm the one that that is is qualified. You know, we know this in Revelation. Remember, who's going to take the scroll to open up and, and final judgment? You know, who's going to be able to do that? And there's only one. There's only one. And, and Jesus is basically telling them again, you've been with the Messiah. The, you know, you've been with the, the one and only, you know, the, the, the true God. And I'm the only way to get there. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Don't be deceived by other religions. Mm. Um, and it's not that I don't love other people. I love everybody. I, I desire that all come to know who I am. Um, but people reject me because they don't want to follow or be obedient to what I ask of them. And, and all Jesus tells his disciples to do is to walk holy. I mean, Peter got it in First Peter 1.16. He said, be holy for I am holy. You know, that's what Jesus told them. And, and people fight against the holiness of God. They don't understand it. They fight against walking in fellowship with the Father. They fight against doing what he deems is the very best. I mean, he's God. He created. They fight against that. And so they, they walk in the flesh. They walk in bad habits. They walk in, in, in ways that are contrary to the way. And, and Jesus is saying, no, there's only one way. The, the way to heaven is, is narrow. The way to everything else is, is wide open. And, but to get to me, you got to go through me. So Jesus does not simply teach the way or point the way. You know, we have to, get, we have to accept the fact that he is the way. Amen. So in fact, the way was, was one of the earthly names of the Christian faith. I mean, we know that in Acts 9-2, 19-9, verse 23. Jesus' statement that no man can come to the Father in heaven without his help. So our good works, our religious ceremonies, our costly gifts will never get us into heaven. You know how I'm a good person. What That is the lie. Yeah. You know, are you going to heaven? Well, I'm a good person. I've done everything right. Well, that's great. But it, the Bible is very clear. It's not going to get you into heaven. It's only by bending your knee to Jesus. You know, it's only by accepting him into your life as your Lord and personal savior. So Jesus is making it clear that if you want all the blessings that heaven offers, you will have to go through him. And he is the only way into heaven. So we, we can't get these blessings that he's talking about without accepting the fact and the truth that he is the way. You know, there's a song, I think it's Mercy Me or Casting Crowns. I don't know, one of those groups that it talks about, you know, if there was another way, then why, you know, yeah. tell me about why, why did Jesus have to yeah. die? And, and would a loving father, yeah. if there was another way, why would he send Jesus to the cross? It yeah. doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? It had to be the only way. Yep. All right. What we've unpacked so far is this. Jesus gave his disciples assurance that once they die, they will be with him in heaven for eternity. Paul wrote in Romans 8.18 that he considers that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us one day. We, along with the disciples, will suffer in some way, shape, or form here on earth, guaranteed. But Jesus' words give us the eternal blessing of heaven to look forward to. Now let's turn our attention to John 14, verses 7 through 11. Not only did Jesus encourage his disciples with heaven, but he also shares with them that he will always be with them while they are still here on earth. Yeah, I mean, again, so it's, God is so good. I mean, he's not leaving them empty handed. He's yeah. not just saying, I'm dying. He's like, you're on your own. He's good setting luck. them up for so much success yeah. here. So, yeah. all right. All right. Verse seven. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. Jesus said, <laughs> I know I'm laughing too. Jesus said to him, I have, I have been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. 
believe me that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. It it just brought me to this as I'm as you're reading that. Um there's so many people that believe in Jesus. Okay. They go to church, they listen to his messages, and they've spent they've been in church their whole life. But they don't. You don't, they don't know Jesus. And that's yeah. what he's telling his they disciples know about here. Jesus. He says, I've been with you the whole time. And you're Philip, you're still asking me the same question. Have I not revealed myself to you? Have I not shared my love and my truth with you? Mm-hmm. And, and here is Jesus. I mean, I'm sure it's like, I mean, I'm guessing it broke his heart, you know, and, and it just didn't make sense. But when, when he finally died and he rose again and they're in there in Pentecost, right. In Acts two. All of their eyes at that very moment, they were able to see it. You know, Philip was one of the great evangelists. I mean, he, he single-handedly proselytized to all of Samaria, right? I mean, that was his big domain. And, and, but he got it. And I just pray that people, a lot of people that are listening to us, maybe they're, they've heard of the Lord so much, but there's just no intimacy there. They know of God, but they just don't know him. Hmm. And I just pray that they too would have the spirit of God just invade in their hearts and just to be able to get it. And that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, we do not have to wait until we enter heaven to get to know the Father. We can know him today and receive from him the spiritual resources we need to keep going when days are difficult. Amen. The term know the Father here, what does that really mean? Yeah, let's kind of break that down. I mean, I just kind of shared it a little bit, but the word know is used 141 times in John's gospel. Wow. So it, it's a big word that John knows a lot. And, and so let's just kind of break it down. He, he, there's like four different meanings to it. So um, the lowest level uh, of no is simply knowing a fact. I know, you know, oh, I know the answer. You know, I, I, that's the lowest level. He uses that quite often. Um, the next level is to understand the truth behind the fact. However, you can know the fact and know the truth behind it and still be lost in your sins. This is what I just talked about. So is that like, it's not just the fact, but now you kind of know the context of the fact. Well, I know where I come from. Yeah. It's like, they know Jesus. They know everything he did, but they still didn't know him. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's a, it's a little bit deeper because they have relationship. They have knowledge of it. They, they get it, but they're just, they haven't fully in, in been in, engulfed in it. Got it. Right. All right. So the third level introduces a relationship to know which means to believe in a person and become related to him or to her. This is the way no is used in John 17, three. So that's Jesus. Jesus is talking here. And when Jesus said that they will know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, it is also used between a man and a wife as they know each other intimately. So it's, it's a different level. So I know Jesus because I've spent time with him. I have intimate relationship with Jesus. I know his voice when I'm quiet and I, I cast, I get everything away from me and I'm broken and I'm just before him. I know his voice. I know him. And so I can talk about him constant confidently. And so that's the other word that's here. And it's like my wife. I know my wife. We just talked about this morning. I, I'm a PhD in my wife, right? I have a doctorate level understanding of everything about my wife. I've studied her. I know her. I know what she's thinking. I know what she wants. I know how she feels. And it's the same thing. So that's that third no. And then there's a fourth no. Um, and, and to have a deeper relationship with a person, a deeper community. So there's not only, you know, but there's an even deeper level than that. And Paul used this word in Philippians 3, 2, when he said that I may know him, um, when he used the kind of, wait, that I may know him. Jesus in John 14, 19 through 27 will use this fourth kind of, no, we're going to talk about this next week um, in our next podcast. But it's the, it's like, you know, it's not only do I know him, but I am known by him. There's a, there's a, there's a deep, deep, deep connection there. But back to the statement Jesus is saying here to know the father in a way that he is claiming to be God. So he's saying that, you know, me, you know, the father, I am telling you right now, me and the father are on the deepest level there is. And you know, the father, because you know me. And it's the same thing with us. When we are known by God and we have fellowship with God, people will know the father through us. 
People will know Jesus through us because what they see is our direct connection with the Father. And so as we speak, we're speaking in the name of the Father. We're speaking with his authority. We're speaking with his love. It's the same thing that Jesus is telling them. This is what he's teaching them, that to know Jesus is to know the Father. So, all right. All right, moving on. The Greek construction of the question here in John 14, 10 indicates that the Lord expected a yes answer from Philip. Remember, Jesus asked Philip, do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? He's hoping. But yeah, I mean, he knows. Like, He's like, yeah, you're not answering. There's only one correct answer yeah. here. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Philip should have realized that the words of Jesus, as well as his works, came from the Father and revealed who the Father is. Yeah, Peter said in 1 Peter 1.18, or 1.8, he says that believers today have not seen Jesus in the flesh, and he reminded his readers that they do see him in his works and the word by their testimony. So again, you know, the, the, the Bible tells us by the word of our testimony that we, we can proclaim the gospel, the truth, right? It's, I have been so transformed and so changed that what you hear in me is that changed life. What yeah. you hear, the passion that you hear about Jesus is because he has so changed me and so loved me. And I know him so well that I'm going to share that. And that's how Peter is saying, that's how we know the father. Jesus is telling his disciples, I know the father deeply. So everything that I say, and I, the father are one. Um, what John keeps emphasizing throughout his gospel is that you cannot separate Christ's words and works for both, for, for both come from the Father and reveal the Father. It's the same. It's one. Wow. All right. The word believe used in John 14, 10 is singular, for Jesus was addressing Philip directly. But in John 14, 11, it is plural, and he is addressing all of his disciples and us. Yeah. The tense of both is go on believing. Let your faith grow. Yeah. So it's like, you believe in me. He said to Philip, he's looking straight up, but now he's just saying, he's talking about belief. Listen, all of you guys, listen, go keep believing, keep sharing this truth, keep spreading what I'm telling you. You know, 400 years before Christ's birth, the Greek philosopher Plato wrote, you ever heard of him? Plato? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody has, right? Yeah. For the most part. That's that, that's that, that stuff you play with as a kid. Plato? No, no, that's not him. No. Yeah. Now this is, this is, um, yeah, he's, he's one of the big heads that we'll see in Greece, right? Uh, but to, he said this, he said, to find out the father and maker of all the universe is a hard task. So this is his philosophy, right? So this is what he's saying. And when we have found him, to speak of him to all men is impossible. But based on this scripture we just read, Jesus is saying that Plato is dead wrong. Clearly. And, and we can know the father and the maker of the universe. For Jesus revealed him to us. So why should our hearts be troubled when the creator and the governor of the universe is our father? <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I, we, we talked about this in the prep. First, uh, first John 4, 18, he says, perfect love cast out fear, right? And in, in, in the presence of God, when we are in his presence and in intimacy with them, we are experiencing perfect love. So there is no fear because we don't see fear. We don't experience fear. All we experience is that love. And, and, and when Paul was trying to explain this to his readers, Romans 8.28 came up where he says that he, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And what he was trying to share with them is this, there's perfect love. John understood that. There's perfect love in Jesus. And in perfect love, there is no fear. And so God, Jesus, again, is trying to do his best that, why are your hearts troubled? Mm -hmm. Let me explain this to you. I am the creator of the universe. I am the governor of all things, right? I, you, me and the father are one and the father loves you. The father cares for you and the father is going to take care of you. Do not have fear. Do not worry. All right. All right. Let's read verses 12 through 15 and see how Jesus encourages his disciples even more. Verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
Yeah, this this verse is one of the misused verses. Many people don't understand it. You ask anything in his name and he's going to do it. Well, they're missing the context. And so let's just let's dive into that. Let's just give this context. I saw this um, plaque. You can go ahead and read it. I saw this the other day and it just blew my mind because it should be the opposite. But go ahead and just All right. read that. Um, there's a plaque in our in our world today that says, um, why pray when you can worry? Man, that's yeah. Yeah, Isn't why, that the world? That's the world. And we, we live in a world that just loves to worry. I think we're addicted to worry. Too many people take this statement as truth for their own life. Jesus in these verses is saying quite the opposite. If God is going to answer our prayers and give us peace in our hearts, then there are certain conditions that we must meet. Jesus pointed out those conditions in these verses. The first is this in verse 12, we must pray in faith. The second is in 13 and 14, we must pray in Christ's name. And lastly, in verse 15, we must pray in loving obedience. So let's unpack each of these quickly. Yeah, verse 12, pray in faith. Um, the promise for us to claim and the claiming of it demands faith. So when Jesus used the double truly, truly, I love it when he does that. I mean, yeah. we need to listen. You know, you need yeah. to pay attention. This right? is a sure that this is a big announcement. So I'm telling you right now, this is a big announcement. So the fact that Jesus did return to the Father is an encouragement. For now, he is interceding for us. The greater work statement applies initially to the apostles who were given the power to perform special miracles as the credentials of their office. But keep in mind that these miracles were no greater quality for the servant is not greater than his Lord. Remember that in yep. John 13, 16, yep. but rather in scope of quantity. So he just, they were just doing so much more because they were spreading through the whole world at that time. It starts multiplying. Yeah. So Peter preached, remember when Peter preached at the, in Acts 2, 3,000 were saved right away. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. So the fact that ordinary people performing these signs made them even more wonderful and brought great glory to God. These signs written in the word of God helps to build our faith in Jesus. That then helps us to believe in Jesus and obey him. We do not obey the Lord simply because we want our prayers answered. We obey him because we love him. And the more we obey him, the more we experience his love. Our faith grows out of our obedience and we pray then in faith because our believing is in who he is. Hmm. So we have to understand that. So he's, he's basically telling, listen, if you want to um, have peace and joy and so forth, you need to pray in faith. You need to believe what my word says. And so when we're praying, we need to make sure that that's part of it. You know, sometimes we'll, well, you know, offer up a prayer for me. Well, I always say, well, you pray yourself. You know, I, what is, what makes me so different? Do you not believe? And, and their answer is, well, I don't know what to believe. Well, if you believe you pray yourself, just humble yourself before God and say, God, I don't know if this is true. Help my unbelief, but I pray and then pray. And, and, you know, the Bible says that your faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So the bottom line is we have to have faith in Jesus. Believe what he said. So that's condition one, yeah. must have faith. The second one is we must pray in Christ's name. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other thing is that we don't get to the Father but through Jesus. Right. So if we're just going to pray straight up, we have no access. But in Jesus' name, he's, the Bible says that he's the propitiation. He's the go-between. He's the filter, so to speak. It's it, Jesus. God sees us through Jesus as perfect, as holy, as royal priesthood. It's just mind boggling. We're not. We're far from it. But when we have Jesus as our defensive attorney, so to speak, yeah. when we have him as our witness, then everything is, is in harmony. So we must pray in Jesus name. Um, this is not a magic formula that we automatically attach to our prayer request, guarantee that God will answer us. We have to understand that. But to ask of the Father in the name of Jesus means that we ask what Jesus would ask. Key, what would please him, we must ask ourselves. And what would bring him glory by farthering his work? So when we're asking in Jesus' name, we're asking according to how Jesus would ask. Yeah. So when, we, when a friend says to you, you may use my name, he is handing you a great privilege as well as a tremendous responsibility. You know, you tell him that Bob sent you. Yeah. Right. Well, the, there's a big deal behind that. There's weight behind that. Your reputation is now on the line. That's right. And so if, if it's, it, you know, that's what you're giving. So the whosoever here in verse 13 is qualified by all that God has revealed in his word about prayer. Likewise, the anything in verse 14, God is not giving us a carte blanche in my name is controlling element here. 
To know God's name means to know his nature, what he is, and what he wants to do. God answers prayer in order to honor his name. So prayer must be his will. Very key. So it's not like, hey, Lord, you know, I, you said I can have a mansion. I pray that in the name of Jesus. You said I can have a Rolls Royce in the name of Jesus. You said that I'm supposed to be rich and prosperous. Well, Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. He was not rich and prosperous. Jesus was rich and prosperous when it came to the authority that he had in the name of in, in God. He was rich and prosperous when he was, he was walking with, with love and, and joy and peace and all those things that God gives us, the fruits of the spirit, the mm. grace that the tools that he gives us. But it wasn't the physical, physical. that we're talking about. Go. It was always to bring glory to God. All right. All right. Lastly, in verse 15, we <laughs> must pray in loving obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the key. I mean, first John, you know, John takes it even further in first John. I mean, he goes all out about love um, here, but when you love somebody, you honor his or her name and you would never use the name in a demeaning manner. You know, if, 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 if I was going in Bob's name, I would never say, oh yeah, he's an idiot too. Right. You know, but yeah, he's the one that recommended me. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to bring honor to that name because I'm, I'm using his name, right, as a reference or whatever. It's the same thing what Jesus is teaching his disciples here. Love is an important theme in the Gospel of John. It is used as a verb or noun a total of 56 times. And we talked about this last time. It's, it, there's a deeper love here. It's called agape love. And, and listen to the show last week or two weeks ago. I don't know, whenever, last week, <laughs> talking about that. But if I love my wife, I will do things for her that show this love. Jesus is making it a matter of fact statement. If you say you love me, then you will be obedient to do what I say to do. I am holy and will only instruct you to be holy as I am the father are one. So it's the bottom line is, is, you know, we can't do this next week uh, in in John 14. We're going to continue on. And Jesus is going to give him even more encouragement. And yep. he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, we can't be holy without the Holy Spirit's help. And so the, the disciples are like, well, how are we going to do that? We couldn't live by the law before. We can't live by it now. And he's like, well, take heart. I have to, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to send to you a helper. And, and it's the Holy Spirit. And we're going to- Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about that next week. And, and I'm telling you, I don't know where I would be without the Holy Spirit's Amen. help. I've, I've learned- and I'm learning, I should say that I am learning how to lean not on my understanding, but to trust and acknowledge God in all things and, and trust and acknowledge the spirit of God uh, to help guide me and direct me. And, and if you're listening to this today and, and you have not uh, given your life to Jesus, well, today is the day. Um, there is no better day than today, you know, and, and, you know, the Bible tells us that we don't have to uh, fear. We don't have to worry, but if you're not saved, you need to fear and you need to worry. That's the bottom line truth. And, and, and once you surrender your life to the Lord, the, all of that can be wiped away. All of that, that the agony and the pain and the anxiety and the worry and the fear no longer has to be. As we, as we heard today, 1 John 4, uh, 1 John 4, verse 18, that in perfect love, it cast out all fear. You can have perfect love today. And that's, his name is Jesus. Bible says in first John that God is love and there's nothing else in this matter in this world matters more than having an intimate relationship with him because the Bible says that in him, all things are possible apart from him. You can do nothing. And that is in John 15. And so we want to be a part of him. We want to be, we want all of him in us so that we can live a life that has purpose. We can live a life that has meaning. We can live a life that has direction in and, and live as Jesus lived, because we are no longer living on our own self. Paul tells us in, in, in that, we, that I've been crucified with Christ. It's I that no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. That's what happens when we bend our knee to Jesus. That's what happens when we confess our sins. And we tell, tell the Lord of our heart and say, God, forgive me of my sins. And I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. So you can do that. And all you got to do is just humble your heart today and just and pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I pray that you would come into my heart today. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. I pray, God, that you would cleanse me from all of my own righteousness and that you would help me walk faithfully and holy with you today. I believe, God, that you died and rose again on the third day. 
I believe that you are the author and finisher of my life. And I believe that one day when I die, I will be with you for all eternity. And Lord, I look forward to that. And I give you my life now in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, the, the best news about all of that is the Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice and we're rejoicing with you. We love to hear from you. Let us know, Bob, how do we, Amen. how do they get to connect Amen. with us? Jump onto our website, theriotpodcast.com. And uh, there's a, there's a tab there that I want to draw your attention to. It just says, no God, click on there. Lots of information, kind of answer some questions for you, but uh, reach out to us. If you've got questions that, uh, that man, they're not answered there or just something else that pops up. There's lots of ways you can do it. You can you can email us from the website. You can jump onto our social media, go to our, our Twitter page, go to our Facebook page at the Riot Podcast and make comments there. If you're listening to us on, uh, you know, you're just listening to a podcast, I would ask that you would share it with a friend, share it with somebody that you think would, you know, just uh, love to hear uh, what you heard today. Just there's got to be somebody out there that you'd like to discuss it with or talk to about so share that and if you're watching us on youtube you got a special blessing as you got to see uh pete's granddaughter this morning or whenever you're listening to this um this morning this afternoon or this evening right and uh, man what a blessing so jump on if you're not driving of course jump onto youtube uh, let us know where you're listening to us from click the uh, subscribe button click the like button and uh, man, give us just just shout out anything. Just tell us where you're listening to. Tell us about uh, maybe something that you enjoyed about the program today, or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover in the future. So we're going through this journey of John, but uh, we like to every once in a while just take a break and do just a different topic. So if there's stuff you want to hear about, and uh, man, it just touches our heart. We're, we're that's where we get a lot of our ideas from. So we would love to hear from you. What another amazing episode! Looking forward to next week's show as we. Uh, continue through this amazing chapter, John 14. Yeah. So blessed. May God bless you guys. May his face shine upon you as you just seek him with everything that you got. Just draw near to him. Know God and be known by him. Be blessed. God bless guys. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.